Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey there, rugby fans. Welcome to another great episode of the Run Parcel Kick interview with your team here from the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. My name is Ty Braga, your host for today's activities alongside my co-host, Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. We will be delivering the tough questions here today, all in jest and all in fun with Tess Fury. Tess, welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. Uh, Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Well, we are definitely excited because it's an honor and a privilege not only to be having a USA Eagles player, number 254 on board with the run parcel kick, uh, but you're also one of the elite uh, to be able to join our show as a female rugby player. So we're excited to be able to approach this subject and more. But again, for our viewers of the Rugby Rand, it's best that we find out how it works. So we hand it over to Rob Hammerschmidt. Thanks, Ty, and welcome, Tess. So we're going to confront you with the challenge, the run, pass, or kick challenge, as we call it. Basically, we're going to throw questions at you, and each question is going to be prompted by run, pass, or kick. And so you tell the crowd, tell the viewers, and tell us, are you going to run with the question, which is to say that you're going to go ahead and answer the question? Are you going to pass the question? And like any good back, sometimes they like to take that option, addition it off. or And, and, and that's to suggest, by the way, that you're not going to answer the question, or maybe it's a hot topic. Or you're going to have a little fun with us, put us on the back foot, and you're going to kick it to us. And what that means is that you want us to answer in a way that we think you would answer. And then you can even do a little evaluation and tell us whether we're shite, tell us whether we hit the nail on the head. It's totally up to you. Very so ready? we get it correct. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so are you ready for the run faster kick challenge? I'm ready than ever. <laughs> awesome. So you play fullback, and we know all the backs exude grace and athleticism on the pitch. And we have heard that your experiences on the ski slopes are a bit of a different matter altogether. Run, pass, or kick. Would you care to explain how you split your lip open in Vermont? How would you know that? We do our research. Right. Oh, my gosh. All right. I guess I will run with this research. Yeah, you guys did good research. So, yeah, I've been seeing and snowboarding um, 
for as long as I've been playing rugby, I started doing that as a hobby when I was four or five years old. Um, that's how we spent our winters. Um, but I was actually in a skiing competition. Um, I was five years old and I won. And they called my name over the loudspeaker. So I ran up the lodge stairs to get my metal, metal and I face planted on the stairs, split my lip open, messed up my teeth. Um, oh. We were up in Vermont. Um, had to be shipped to a hospital so Rob, far away. A horror story. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. Um, but yeah, so, but I won, still got my medal um, and I got lots, lots of perks after it. So yeah, that was definitely my first injury. Um, didn't happen playing rugby, surprisingly. So, but yeah, I still snowboard today and ski today. So it didn't scare me off too much. <laughs> Fantastic. Good to know. The next time you're up for an award, <laughs> the, the real exciting part is receiving it, not getting yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be walking to every award I get now. No more <laughs> And let's face it, it was great practice for being a rugby player, right? Yes, exactly. Got me used to, <laughs> used to falling. <laughs> there you go. Um, and so, as you probably guessed, uh, you know, our research involved uh, maybe a family member, perhaps. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm sure you knew that. Um, so, obviously, family is no stranger. Your family is no stranger to the sport of rugby. In fact, your dad played at Rutgers and started the American Flag Rugby Program in your hometown of Denville, New Jersey. The program allows, for those who don't know, uh, a co-ed competition. Um, and therefore, for you, it became a platform uh, to play rugby with your family, with your brother, which is kind of cool and unique. So my question is, run, pass, or kick, what was it like to grow up in a rugby family? Yeah, I'll run with that one. Um, so growing up in a rugby family, it was, to me, it didn't seem like it was a rugby family. It was just normal. Um, all of our friends and family, since we were little, were rugby people. Um I know my brother, Jake, um, who I'm sure you guys are referring to, who plays for um, in the MLR for Rooney. He actually, my dad was at a rugby game. And then from the rugby game, my mom went to the hospital to deliver him. So we were definitely born into it. Um, but it was really great. I mean, Saturday. Um, and we were always all together, um, especially when it was co-ed. You know, we can all play on the same day, watch each other's games, um, support each other. So yeah, it was really, really great growing up in a rugby family. I wouldn't change it. Talk about dedicated to the game. Like, you know, I got to watch the end of this game before I give birth to this child. <laughs> okay. It's so. kind of like, like, you know, they have hockey families, right? And they right. are totally committed to hockey. And now we have rugby families, which is awesome to see because they're totally dedicated to rugby. It's awesome. Right. So, Tess, uh, I have the uh, honor of uh, delivering the next question to you. So, as you know, run, pass, or kick. Now, let me get this right. Uh, so from what we are told, obviously sources close to us, you might have recognized who they might be. Uh, your first actual full contact rugby game was on an all-star team. On that game, notably, you scored a few tries, right? So tell us, in your opinion, did the sport just come naturally to you then? Run, pass, or kick? Yeah, so um, I can run with that one. Um, yeah, my first game um, didn't have a ton of tackle rugby experience. I think I don't think it so much came natural to me. I think just athletics came natural to me in general. I played soccer growing up, um, played basketball, ran track. Um, and I think I was honestly scared. They put me on the wing. So I got the ball and I was like, I'm running away from these big girls. Um, <laughs> that was my only well, you're thought. running that way. <laughs> yeah, like – 
honestly, and growing up with two older brothers, it's always just run away from them or they're going to get you. So I feel like that was my motive that first game. Um, <laughs> and it seemed That's to work cool. out pretty well for me. Um, and then since then, I've yeah, been in the back three, been on the wing ever since, just trying to run away from the bigger people. <laughs> right. Well, talent only gets you so far. The rest is hard work, right? And lots of practice. Yes, right? definitely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, clearly, based upon what we've heard so far, you have that wonderful blend of athleticism and uh, intelligence, rugby IQ. Uh, you graduated from Penn State, which is both a great academic institution and they have a great women's rugby program. Um, truth be told, you still manage to maintain this balance even now in your professional life. You are working as a pediatric ICU nurse at Morristown Medical Center in New Jersey. Run past or kick, what challenges do you face when trying to maintain this balance in your life? Um, yeah, I can run with that. Um I mean, like most rugby players in the U.S., most of us have other jobs. Um, so I'm definitely not alone in that aspect of having to train and work. Um, I think the real challenge with nursing um, is it's really tasking mentally and physically. Um, you're on your feet for 12 hours. So coming home from that and having to get a workout in, um, I feel like that's where I struggle the most. Um, but then the balance of it is I work three 12-hour shifts. So then I have other days of the week that I get all my workouts in and can focus on rugby. Um, I've always had good time management because I have a lot of things I want to pursue. You know, I want to be the best nurse I can be. I want to be the best rugby player I can be. And I'll kind of do anything to achieve those two things. Um, so I just put my head down and work for what I'm passionate about. And then the balance just kind of comes easy to me. Yeah, and rugby's all about passion, right? I mean, you know, it seems like all the folks that we interview and people we talk to in and around rugby community all have that same passion, uh, including those of us guys here at the Rugby Rant, if I, if I can <laughs> also add that piece in there. Um, but uh, we're, we're all, all of us guys at the Rugby Rant, Scott, who's, who's uh, not able to join us right now, coming on later, and, and Ty and myself. Uh, we're all animal lovers. Uh, and as a matter of fact, we love our canines. Uh, uh, for Ty, he has Foxy and Scott has uh, uh, Lou and, and I have uh, uh, my little uh, ball of energy, Nola. Uh, oh, and great name. <laughs> well, my wife, the, the story is real quick. My wife got to pick out the breed, uh, but I got to pick out the name. And so she's named after uh, my guys down in Nola and, and my favorite rugby team. Love that. So, Yep. So, uh, yeah, Cam was happy about that last week. So, uh, for what we gather, you are attached to a little furry friend yourself. Um, and, uh, so this next question is, is this run pass or kick? What type of animal would you use to describe your rugby game? Ooh, you know, I think I'm going to kick that right back to you, Rob. Oh, you're going to kick to me. Okay. <laughs> um, beautiful. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to go with a cheetah. Ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah, cheetah. Uh, you talked about the fact that you had to learn early on how to evade, uh, you know, the threats that are the bigger brothers, the bigger cats that might be, uh, you know, in, in, in lurking around in the shadows. Uh, so you learned how to evade them. Uh, certainly cheetahs have a grace and a beauty when they run. Uh, and, uh, you know, when they need to hide or stay and fight, uh, they don't back down from anything. And I get the impression, uh, you know, as an ICU nurse, uh, when the challenge is put in front of you, uh, 
you don't you don't bat now you go you go forward and take it on uh, head on. I love that answer. Um, it's actually funny. I have a cheetah scrunchie that I wear right there for a lot of game days. So I think that was, yeah, that was a good answer. <laughs> right. Random fun fact about cheetahs. They are, I believe, the only wild cat that can purr uh, and also can't retract its claws. So, yes, it can be comforting and also it's got a, <laughs> got a mean side too. those claws, right, when you need it to come out. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. And and if you don't mind, Tess, just bear with us for a moment. Um, we're going to get into another question here, and, and it's a new section um, okay. that we like to call the quick tap this or that. And before we get into it, we just have to throw a shout out here. Um, this new section is, is sponsored by our sponsors, uh, therugbyshop.com. Um, we're doing a new uh, event for the month really pushing breast cancer awareness. And as uh, those folks at home can see see that we've got these new shirts made up to promote breast cancer awareness, Uh, proceeds from these will go to a couple different foundations uh, to support and raise awareness uh, for breast cancer. Because as I like to say, uh, all the mother ruggers out there um, that we want to keep them healthy and safe so they can continue to support uh, our our girls and boys that are growing up to play to play rugby and the MLR has point. Yeah. And on that note, whether it's not even the rugby rant gear, uh, the MLR gear itself is also of course supporting the same uh, uh, cause. So go ahead to the rugby shop.com, whether it's the rugby rant gear or the MLR fan gear, all of them will have the percentage given to various charities that will help raise funds for uh, cancer research across uh, Canada and the U S. That's right. So good cause. Give where you can, buy some T-shirts. So now we're getting into the quick tap, this or that. So here's how this is going to work. I'm going to give you a series of two choices, and you tell me which one you'd prefer. Okay, you're ready for for this kind of uh, new little wrinkle? I guess so. All right. The best companion, and I think I know the answer to this one, cat or a dog? Dog. All right. Easy. Easy. That one's easy. All right. I thought I'd start you off with an easy one. I think I knew the answer, right? All right. We'll get a little tougher here. Okay. Um, and I had, to, I had to go out to my younger son here. Shout out to J-Man because uh, I have to ask him all these questions. He loves cars. And I know you know you, you young folks are into, into the vehicles, right? Uh, dream car, Bugatti, Chiron, or a Ford F-150 Raptor? I'm going to go with the Ford F-150 because I don't know what the other car is. <laughs> I was wondering, you like... So when you said Bugatti, your face went like... I was like, is that a food? (laughs) (laughs) I I guess I should have gone American, right? You are an American after I'm just gone with a Corvette. Uh, Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Uh, All right. You're not cooking tonight. Surf and turf or Italian? Surf and turf. Because I I can make my own Italian. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I thought you were going to, I thought in that one, you were going to offend Scott for our, our, our other ranter, but I think you saved yourself with the fact that she said you can make Italian. Did so I? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, you've, you, Hey, you work 12 hour shifts. We know your shifts are tough. Um, you've had a tough shift, uh, a glass or Cabernet or an IPA. Oh, IPA. Nice. Oh, yeah. So That's easy. Right. <laughs> Right. All right. F-150 Raptor and IPA. I like where this is going, Tess. <laughs> All right. Here you go. Another one. 
uh, a long weekend, Midtown Manhattan or Cuyahoga National Park? National Park. Okay, mm-hmm. there we go. Yeah, You're drive I that like F one fifty rafter up there. Yeah. Oh yeah, and drink my IPA in the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rugby go. Yeah, there we go. We That's like right. It. We like it. Suddenly, I think all the young rugby guys that are like 24, 25, 26 are going, I got to get her digits, right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> all right, now, I just got to No, gotta no one you. calls you anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, all right, um, here we go. Last one, most feared competitor. Uh, would it be England's Emily uh, Scartrat or New Zealand's Kendra Coxage? Ooh. I'm going to have to go with England, Emily. Yeah, she's she's a strong player. She can play multiple positions. Um, She's tall. Great, great skill set. Right on. Okay. That's a good answer. I mean, that was a pretty good good round there overall. We know that you like beer. (laughs) I like that. Uh, You can cook surf and turf. If I wasn't married, I'd uh, be wondering. (laughs) But you know what? Here we are is talking about teammates as well. You just spoke about it a moment ago. So this brings me to the next question. Run, pass, or kick. Your teammate, Kate Zachary, has recently been linked to the Exeter Rugby Club. Uh, if uh, If a woman's team in England called you, would you uh, take a hiatus from being a nurse to play professional rugby? Yeah, I'm going to, I'll run with that question. Um, right now in my rugby career, I definitely say yes. Um, I'm at the point where, you know, I want to, I want to go for it. I want to be the best rugby player can be. And right now the best women's rugby is overseas. Um, so if that's what I have to do, that's what I'm going to do. Um, it's a really exciting time right now. We have three of our uh, national team girls over, over in England playing with Exeter. Um, and that's the, this is the most we've ever had over there. So I think it's really a turning point, um, in us women's rugby to kind of get more involvement, um, with the professional teams over there. Um, and I'm really excited to watch them play this season and hopefully they're going to learn a lot and bring it back. Right. And and often, you know, you need you need somebody to kind of be those trailblazer in in every industry. But in this case, you've got three. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So how amazing is that? So when you see the attraction that they've already got, they're looking here for talent. They go over there, they display well, uh, they do well. And then ultimately, you can only imagine that the benefit will be that they'll continue to be able to look here for talent. So there's a great spinoff. And ultimately, it presents other opportunities uh, for other players down the road. Yeah. And I definitely feel like these premiership teams are going to be like, wow, these, these U.S. girls, like they're really bringing us something. Um, and then they're going to look for more of us in the future. So really shout out to those three for kind of paving the pathway, because I think in the next couple of years, um, we're going to be seeing a lot of that, which is exciting. Fantastic. Yeah. And a reminder, all the viewers out there in a couple of weeks, I think October 28th is a tie. That's right. October 28th, we have a special that rounds off the month for breast cancer awareness with uh, it's Kate Zachary will be joining us in the show. Of course, we'll be talking about the subject in a little bit more in depth, uh, hearing her perspective of the experience. Uh, but in addition to that, we'll have a Canadian national team player as well with Sophie Dehuda, um or Dagood, uh, however you may pronounce it. Um, so it'll be interesting to be able to see not only a female rugby perspective again, but just be able to see it from Canadian and American soils, uh, perspective. So interesting one on October 28th, make sure that you like follow and share the rugby rant. And of course you'll be included in those updates. Okay. So the next question, but you're going to have to indulge me for a moment. 
Um, I don't need you to close your eyes, but I'm going to paint a picture. Okay. It is August of 2021 and COVID is under control. The U.S. national team has just completed a tune-up match at an Infinity Park in Glendale, Colorado, prior to leaving for New Zealand. The golden pipes of none other than Ty Baraga have informed <laughs> a newly inspired young girl about the brilliant performance put in by Captain Kate Zachary's side. In fact, he talks about Tess Fury and the fact that she was absolutely brilliant at fullback on the day, carving up her opposition with a brace of tries and a mammoth defensive display. This young girl managed to get your attention after the match, and you wander over to sign her national team jersey. And she asks you a question, run past her kick. What is my path to becoming an eagle like you? Wow, you got me all jazzed up with that question. I'm yeah, how is the delivery on that? A plus, my friend. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> um, I'll run with that. Um, you know, one of my favorite parts um, about working my way up through the USA Pathway is getting to talk to the young girls playing. Um, back home in New Jersey, Morris Rugby has a U12 and a U14 girls team. They get like 60 girls out. Like, it's crazy how many young girls are getting into rugby. Um, it's awesome. Um, but, you know, I would tell that girl, take every opportunity. If a bunch of boys say, hey, you want to come out and play touch rugby this weekend? Say yes. Um, if anyone's ever offering to go do a workout, um, do extra skills, just say yes to every opportunity. Um, because those little little things that may seem scary are really what's going to um, advance your way up through the pathway, I think me taking those opportunities and not being scared to, you know, go out to a women's practice when I was 16 or, you know, playing touch with whoever I could find. I think that's what really was able to set me apart um, and let me advance through the pathway. You know, I got to say your answer sparked something in my mind, like that's great advice, not just for women's rugby players, although I think it's really important for, for the, the aspiring young ladies out there. But I think those are great words for all rugby players, right. you know, take your chances, take risks, go out and, you know, join in that, you know, if you're an 18 year old kid and there's a men's club that needs a, an extra wing or a, you know, an eight man or whatever, jump in there and get stuck in because you never know how that's going to help your development. So awesome words. I think great advice for anybody who aspires to play at a high level of rugby. Thank you, Tess. That's awesome. Play every minute of rugby you can. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Absolutely. Okay. So the next question, during uh, the 90s, the U.S. women's national team made three Rugby World Cup final appearances with a championship in 1990. In the most recent Rugby World Cup, 2017, the U.S. national team finished fourth. In 2018, uh, our women's national team ranked fifth in the world, and currently the United States sits at seventh. Run pass or kick, what does the women's national team need to do to get back on top of the world rugby rankings? Yeah, I can um, I can run with that one. Uh, you know, we always have these conversations um, with our team, you know, in like our team meetings, uh, where do we want to be? What countries do we want to be able to compete with? And we always say we want to compete with England. We want to compete with New Zealand. And we're at the point where our mindset has to be, you know, we want to, we can beat New Zealand. We can beat England. You know, we're not just here for the ride anymore. Um, 
you know, sometimes other countries look at us and they're like, oh, nice. Like the U.S. is here. They're looking okay. Like they can keep up. But like, we don't oh, just want to compete. <laughs> I know. We don't <laughs> just want to compete. You know, we want to be um, setting the new standard and right. um, beating these top four, top five um, teams in the world. And I think we really can do it. Um, we have a really good core group of girls who have been training now um, for throughout this whole cycle. Um, having the college game be advanced so much is giving so many opportunities for us to develop. Um, and just overall, our player pool has grown. Um, so, yeah, I really just think it's the mindset that we're not just here because U.S. gets a spot at the World Cup. Like, we're here to beat the top four teams in the world. I like that. You know, you're not just there for for, for decoration. You know, you earn your spot. Uh, you earn the respect. And, you know, obviously, everybody's got the same goal in mind. And as you say, play every minute of rugby you can and uh, get better at it each and every time. Definitely. So on the back of that question, I got the, uh, the next one lined up over here for you then, uh, Tess. So on the back of that question, run, pass, or kick, what is the best and worst thing about being a women's rugby player in the U.S.? Right. Um, I'll, I'll run with it. Um, so the best thing about being a women's rugby player um, in the U.S. is it's so unique. Every time someone says, I say, oh, I play rugby, like, that's so cool. That's so awesome. How'd you get into that? Um, but that same exact answer is also the downfall. That's also the worst part. Um, you know, when I say I play rugby and people are like, oh, what's that? Or I'm at work and I'm, they're like, you're on the national team. Like, why aren't you out training? And I'm like, it's not how it works. Um, <laughs> so I would say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I would say the best and worst part is just, um, how the word's not out yet. The word's not out that our team did get fourth at the World Cup in 2017 or that we did win um, the 1990 World Cup, you know. Um, you see other sports and people people know that the USA soccer team's at the top of the charts. Um, right. And not that we need to feel appreciated because what we're doing, we're doing for ourselves and for our teammates um, and for what we know. Um, but you know, just getting the word out um, is really what needs to be done. Um, so, Exactly. And that's exactly why we brought you on the show, because <laughs> it is such a, a really good fight, so to speak. But there's, you know, rugby is driven by passion and the people and passion is a very powerful fuel. And in the circles, obviously, there's tremendous respect for women's rugby across the board. You know, arguably so one of the fastest growing sports in the country is women's rugby. You know, the list can go on. You cited uh, USA Women's National Team for Soccer getting more recognition now. And that does come because, you know, the results are there to be able to deliver it. But it's a lot of hard work before you get there, right? Uh, and you spoke about it a moment ago with every new tournament, with every new season that goes by, if you're just better than the one before, everything is headed in the right direction and people will start to take note. There's no shortcut, um, but rugby has never, ever been about shortcuts. No. Go ahead. And the, I mean, the group of women that are training for the USA national team, you know, we're not just USA national team athletes. All these women have these incredible lives and are, um, contributing to society in amazing ways. I mean, we have like healthcare workers, we have police officers, um, we have lawyers, we have people studying abroad. Like we have people doing such amazing things um, and contributing to society. Like that goes so much above USA rugby. Um, 
I mean, like the USA national team, like they're just good people um, who work hard for everything. Um, and, you know, I just hope that in the future, like we really do get the credit that we deserve from both a rugby standpoint and just a society standpoint. So. Well, and, and that's where I, w- I want to talk about that for a minute, because quite frankly, I think your, your humility is coming through a little too much. I mean, I don't think that most fans uh, and somebody here, one of our fans, uh, Alan Mendel, by the way, looks like he certainly appreciated it. But I don't know that most fans understand the type of commitment that you and your teammates have to make to stay on top of your game. I mean, behind the scenes, uh, we were talking a little bit about it. Um, can you just talk a moment for you know, from the perspective of what are some of the challenges for you to stay on top of your game about playing and and finding a pathway to the national team? Because I don't know that everybody understands a commitment that's required for somebody like yourself to do. Right. Yeah. So, um, so being on the USA women's national team, um, it's not a professional team in any way. Um, obviously like a lot of sports funding is a little short. So a lot of it does come out of pocket. Um, almost all of us have our own jobs back home. Um, another thing that's difficult is just the geographic location of the U S we are spread out across the whole country. It's a big country. Um, so, you know, right now I play with New York rugby club, um, a WPL in the women's premier league. Um, and I travel almost two hours to practice every day. So, and that's short compared to some people. So, you know, it's a, all because we want to play high level rugby. So I think just physically um, finding teams of the caliber you need to play with in order to be on the national team, you know, um, sometimes it takes travel, it takes a financial burden, um, you know, it's, it's not going to be handed to you. You know, you have to get home from work. You want to, you have to get your workouts in. And then when the time comes for the national team to train, a lot of times out of your own pocket. So you have to plan, you have to prioritize. Um, if it's important to you, um, you'll find a way to get it done and the rugby community will help you um, get it done. But yeah, it definitely takes a personal, personal sacrifice. Absolutely. And I, and, and it's, it's nice. It's nice for fans to be able to hear how much sacrifice you make to represent your country. Um, I don't think you guys get appreciated enough. So thank you uh, very much uh, for doing what you do to represent the United States well. And uh, I remind all the viewers out there: the Women's World Cup is coming in September <laughs> in New Zealand, right? So let's support, that's right. Let's support the ladies. Um, and I'll give you a little plug for supporting us. So um, this past year, two of our players, Alicia Washington and Christine Somer, um, created the XV Foundation, which is our leading um, foundation for supporting and funding the USA national team. Um, they've done a phenomenal job. They did it from the ground up, not knowing anything about making a foundation. They found their resources. And the XV Foundation is single-handedly um, allowing like me right now to be training out in Denver with the national team. Um, How so, amazing is that? Yeah, it's amazing. Um, you know, they're really giving back right. to the sport. Um, that's given them so much. Um, so look up the XV Foundation. They have really great resources out there. They're putting together some really great events. And that's really what's keeping us up and going leading into New Zealand. Yeah, to correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, San Diego is also uh, the Legion themselves have been working with the same foundation on uh, other various events. Um, there's a lot of fundraising efforts that go into behind the scenes to being able to get you guys across to New Zealand uh, to support you in these programs, to be able to allow you to train and to reach those higher levels in your game. Because, you know, that's the one thing that people speak about <clears throat> lifting 
the level of play and professionalism in what's traditionally been known as tier two nations, whether it be men's or women's game, is the quality of the players in perfect relation to the facilities that they have, the time that they have to train, how often they get in competition. So all of these things are a great effort. And as you pointed out before, it's with the help of the rugby community. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, yeah, absolutely. We're going to roll right into that idea here as we're on the heels of talking about um, this fall's uh, Women's Rugby World Cup 2021. On that note, run pass or kick. Should the United States host a Women's Rugby World Cup before hosting the men's event, which there's been a little bit of talk about 2027 or 2031? Should we host the women's event first? Run pass or kick. Um, I'm going to kick that over to Ty. Ah, uh, okay. Interesting. Um, I felt this one coming. <laughs> it's like a weird grin came upon her face. Like I know what I'm going to do. All right. So I'm just stalling. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, there's merit in saying that because where the game is right now, um, women's rugby is the fastest growing sport among women uh, in the U.S., or at least arguably so, one of the fastest growing, at least at college level. Um, So, yes, participation is there. Numbers are there. If you want to be able to grow rugby in the U.S., you need to be able to speak to both audiences, both participants. Rugby is about inclusivity, but it's also about the growth opportunity. So, yes, it does have an incredible upside to be able to host a female uh, rugby World Cup, and in addition to the men's rugby World Cup. What it will also do is allow you to be able to build upon that platform through trial and error to be able to say, okay, we we now understand the mechanics. We've hosted it successfully. We can now upscale the same plan. Plus, we've already got facilities available right now that are rugby specific that can host events like this. Rugby Town USA is just one off the top of my head. Viva is another. Um, So, Tess, how did I do? I think that's a great answer. Um, And I mean that. That answers, you know, rugby helping rugby, like the women's program right. helping the men's program, men's program helping the women's program, which is really what it should be all about. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a great answer. Um, whenever something's hosted in a country, you know, it's naturally going to bring more press um, if if we choose, choose to do that. So I definitely think it should be on the radar. Um, and hopefully why I'm still playing. <laughs> yeah. You know, one thing that I have noticed, I will say this, obviously now I'm, you might not realize this, but everybody who watches the show, in fact, I've been told I say it too often. I was born and raised in South Africa, oh, there we completely go. different perspective, having grown up with rugby. But I can tell you one thing I have always noticed, if America decides they want to be great at something, they usually do manage that, right? They usually become that as long as enough support and enough funding is provided and everybody has the same goal. I know that's hard to be able to say, but really everybody wants a win, right? Everybody loves a winning team, but you got to put in the effort. you got to lay the foundation. A Women's Rugby World Cup will be that. Yeah, I agree. And and I think, you know, the women are a lot closer to winning a World Cup than the men are right now. So uh, that's a lot. Throwing shade over there on the guys. <laughs> Hopefully Cam Dolan isn't watching. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, I love it, you know, and it's true. There is merit in saying that. I mean, uh, you know, you're a top 10 side already. Obviously, you look to be in the top three, you know, uh, top four, whatever it is. I think that's fair to say. Uh, And an interesting topic, nevertheless, and maybe one that we'll bring up on the rant very shortly. (laughs) So So, I'm going to jump into the next question then, if I may, then. Uh, So we're moving on to what I listed here as number 12. So we're coming closer towards the end of the interview. 
Um, we have a couple of questions locked and loaded. And before we leave, don't forget, Tess, we're going to give you the opportunity to give a shout out to anybody uh, important to you or any people you think are doing important things again. So here's my question. Run, pass, or kick? Now, obviously, the women's national team uh, has had its sights in the Rugby World Cup. What is your prediction um, for your place or who will win? Let me ask you that. And you will place. Okay. Um, Come back, okay, loaded question there. A couple of options. So. I know, no, I'm going to, I can run with that. Um, obviously, it's still a year away. And with um, the COVID situation, we haven't seen teams play, which right. is makes it so much more exciting and surprising. Like you don't, we don't know comes hopefully the spring when we're playing games, um, like who's going to come out of the woodworks. Um, and I think it's going to be us. <laughs> yeah. um, we're training. The U S is training really hard right now. Um, I mean, right now we're in an eight week um, intensive bubble training camp, um, really working on our foundation um, building towards the 2020 world cup. So I definitely, um, think we can beat our placement from 2017 and land in the top three. Um, England and New Zealand always look strong um, every year. And New Zealand with the COVID situation has been um, playing rugby for the last couple of months. So I think they may have a little leg up. So and I think they got home ground advantage. They do. So they're going to have tons of fans. So I may have to give it to New Zealand, but I don't think we're going to be far behind. Um, we had a great game against them in the semifinal in 2017. So I think a New Zealand uh, U.S. final would be a pretty, pretty good prediction. Nice. That would be, that would be awesome to see. I'd like to hear that. And <laughs> are, are you guys, are you guys going to camp? By the way, uh, you just spoke about that. Are you guys going to camp in January? Is that is that correct? We're currently um, in camp right now, uh, okay. like an extended training camp. Um, intensive, lots of COVID restrictions being tested all the time, masks, small training groups, um, but just literally a lot of skill work. So we're kind of going one camp at a time. Um, so far, this one's going pretty well. So hopefully um, it continues to go well. So then we can keep training comes the new year. Okay. And, and uh, you were able to get off of uh, your, your work as a nurse in order to join the camp then? Yeah. So um, I did have to take a leave of absence from work, um, which is, was a difficult decision. Um, but I will be going back to my job at the conclusion of this camp. Um, but yeah, my, from the moment I got my job, I told my manager, I said, you know, this is another passion of mine and I really hope that you can help me pursue this as well. And she's like, yeah, we'll work with you. Um, we'll do what we have to do so that you can um, pursue your rugby dreams. So, you know, it is a fair balance. Like I only get a certain number of weeks off um, and I still do have to go back to work, unfortunately, when I get home. But um, yeah, they did allow me to come out um, uh, and train for these couple weeks in Denver. Well, that's great to hear. We're hundred percent behind you. I mean, make your dreams come true make our dreams come true as supporters of no uh, women's, women's rugby. That's right. Um, we're right there. As they say, my country will be disappointed if you don't No pressure. Uh, <laughs> but we're right there with you as we like to say in rugby. Right. So for the last question, um, run pass or kick, what does the United States of America's rugby or USAR have to do to make the women's program competitive with the likes of New Zealand and England? Hmm. Now I'm going to kick that over to you and then I'll, I'll put in my two cents after. Um, well, I think the step in the right direction is rugby town having a, a place where, um, you know, not just for the men, but the women's team to come together, have a camp an intensive right. training camp, have that camp at altitude. 
Um, I thought that the men did a great job orchestrating that in their lead up, um, having a camp at altitude to give our players the best opportunity to be as fit as they can. Um, So they're providing you that opportunity is outstanding. I think, I think they need to start doing some regional high level regional competitions. As you talked about the fact that you travel so far from New Jersey to New York to go to practice. And then, you know, there aren't very many teams in the WPL. So perhaps, you know, having an East and a West, having a competition on the respective coasts or maybe in the South, something like that. And then kind of having, you know, two weeks of a semifinal and a final where you get the highest levels of competition from across women's rugby would be a great way to um, really give our ladies the best opportunity to compete, compete in a high level environment um, and, and, and give them a leg up perhaps uh, when they compete against the best in the world. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I mean, being out here in this daily training environment environment is enhancing my game so much, just being able to um, train with the USA coaches and my USA teammates day after day um, is just making a drastic difference in my game. So I think if we could just mimic more daily training environments, getting the national team more in a geographical location, I think that would really help. Um, you know, everyone always has such great connections with their home club teammates because they know each other's skill set so well. Um, whereas the national team, you know, you come together for a camp and it's like, oh, wait, like that's her tendency. She passes this far. This hand's a little weaker. You know, you're learning those um, kind of on the back foot. So I think really getting this daily training environment for, you know, the year leading up to the world cup um, is really going to be key. And I mean, kind of mimicking the MLR kind of what they're doing, you know, they have so many strong programs, um, you know, that are based around strength and conditioning and field access. And um, if we can really just mimic that, um, I think we'll have a really good shot uh, next August. I have a follow-up on that. So you mentioned Mm -hmm. the MLR and this isn't one that we actually had scripted. So it's off the cuff yet, but you mentioned, you know, mimicking the MLR, at least the pattern and the training and, you know, you could list a few more things. Mm-hmm. Run pass or kick on this one. Should the MLR seriously consider a woman's program, uh, you know, as, as, as a part of their brand? Yeah. Um, I mean, this is something that I'll run with it. Um, this is something that we have, you know, we all chit chat about on the sidelines, but I personally think it's a great idea. Um, rugby players are rugby players and, um, I think that we could very well much do some strength and conditioning and still work together and it would enhance um, both the men and the women's program. You already have the facilities laid out. So why not split them, utilize coaches? I know that um, our high level WPL coaches could definitely give two cents to the MLR and vice versa. Um, so I feel like we really need to help each other out, use each other Um and geographically, a lot of the WPL teams are already located in areas with the MLR. Um, I mean, back home in New York, Rooney has been super supportive of NYRC um, and the WPL. And we had a couple um, like joint events. But from a joint training perspective um, and facility perspective, I think that could really grow both the USA and the US, the USA men and the USA women's game. Right. This is something we actually spoke about on one of our previous episodes we had uh, one of our, our, our colleagues, uh, our fellow podcasters, TJ Olson, was talking about this from his experience as a woman's uh, rugby coach that the MLR, as you so rightly pointed out, does have already these hubs where it is at least very close 
to the WPL team. So it could make sense. Yeah, I mean, it would be pretty interesting to be able to bring in a whole new audience, whole new player pool. Eh, who knows in the future, right? But yeah. uh, it definitely could make sense down the road at least. I agree. And, and you know, quite frankly, people who follow rugby fans who follow women's rugby are some of the most dedicated and loyal right. fans in sports. Exactly. I mean, I'm just looking at some of the folks on here, you know, Dion Cowan's out there, Danielle, Nicole, you know, Alan, your brother, Jake, um, you know, all those people are so passionate about uh, supporting women's rugby that it almost seems like the MLR could really benefit from um, using women's rugby as a vehicle to spread the gospel, as we say, right? Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And I feel like a lot of the community, um, like you said, when you're a women's rugby fan, you're a strong women's rugby fan because all the players, you know, we're all normal people. You know, we all have our families and jobs back home and um, work hard and then are just doing this extra thing because we want to. Um, And, you know, people who are dedicated are drawn to other people who are dedicated. Um, So I feel like that's kind of why the rugby community um, supports each other so much. Um, But yeah, I think the the MLR has been awesome to watch. Um, and I know we're really supporting them and they're supporting us. So I hope we just keep up that relationship. So the answer is probably obvious because of the connection to your brother, but run past a kick. Who's your favorite MLR team? Favorite MLR team. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with Bruni. <laughs> okay. Um, obvious, yeah. right? Well, but yeah. Let me push you. If it okay. wasn't Rooney, what would it be? Um... I'd have to go with DC. Okay. Yeah, right. I have um, a lot of good um, Penn State friends um, right. out playing with DC, and I think they're a young team, new team, obviously, and um, coming up through the woodworks. Um, and then you got to support the East Coast, you know. So yeah, I would say Rooney then DC. <laughs> yeah, I see uh, Scott Ferrar in the background saying yeah. he approves. <laughs> not oh, great. He's, he's, he's just going to gloat for the next hour for Christ. <laughs> Well, Tess, you know, I think this is a fitting point to be able to just offer the floor to you for a moment before we head out of this episode. Let us know who you want to share a keen message with. Say thanks. Who are your supporters? Who are your fans? And if you want to share a special message, now is your chance. Thanks, Ty. Um, Yeah, so I just want to thank um, the Rugby Brand for having me on the show today. Um, So it's a great opportunity uh, to get to know you guys, um, share my story a little bit, share the USA Women's National Team story a little bit. And I just want everyone out there to know that there's a World Cup in a year and the USA is going to be there. We're going to be there strong, um, but we're going to need your support back home um, for us to follow through with that. So um, the XV Foundation is the foundation leading the women's national team right now. So please give them a look up, um, support our journey. Um, in the future, I know you'll be seeing some women's rugby um, following on platforms like the Rugby Rant. So follow our games and um, hopefully you guys will watch us come out strong in the Rugby World Cup in New Zealand next August. So thank you for having me. Fantastic. What an awesome message. By the way, if you had fit one more rugby rant in there, you would have got royalty. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? It really has been an absolute pleasure. You are an ambassador for the sport. Uh, We've thoroughly enjoyed this insightful look into women's rugby and, of course, your experience inside that realm, too. Uh, And for those of you that are tuning into the Rugby Rant podcast show, we thank you for participating, for watching, and you can continue to do so by following us on Facebook. You can see us on Instagram and Twitter under the handle 
at Rugby Rant Pod. Of course, we will be doing this every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. CST. So next week, we have the famous full-time contact CEO, Alex Magleby, on the show. So that'll be an interesting one to get an insight into uh, the ownership circle of Major League Rugby. So stay around. Make sure that you follow us and on my for myself, Ty Braga, as the host of the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, alongside Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt, on behalf of Scott Ferrara and Tess Fury, thank you for watching the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. Thanks, Tess. Thank you. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.